Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to For the Girls. What a race. This one gave us absolutely everything. We have Mercedes back on top and a maiden George victory, a Haas pole, great wheel-to-wheel racing up and down the grid, and of course, some off-the-charts drama. We had a blast meeting some of you this weekend and can't wait to do more watch parties in the future. As per usual, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at F1RTheGirls and join our Discord. I'm Sarah. I'm Chessa. And I'm Tiggy. So before we get into our main takeaways, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for coming. If you came to watch the sprint with us on Saturday, it was such a blast to meet you guys. We had people coming from Boston, New Jersey, all over the place, and we had so much fun as always. So it was a blast to watch with you guys. So getting into our main takeaways, this was absolutely my favorite race of the season. I don't know if that's a hot take, but it definitely was. It overtook Silverstone for me on that front. I don't know if it's like end of season jitters or what was in the water this weekend, but literally everybody was on one in a different way, (laughs) (laughs) but they were just on one. I don't need to tell you all how I feel about Mercedes this weekend because you already know, but I will probably say it anyway. A maiden win for Georgie Hamilton's incredible fight back to P2 after his contact with Max and as usual, him just setting a fabulous example of sportsmanship when other number one drivers, ahem, Max and Charles are showcasing their lack thereof. I can't believe Toto missed this for Mercedes this weekend, but it makes me so excited for next year already and next race, not to get ahead of myself. Um, but I have a lot of thoughts on the whole Red Bull situation and much more, but I will save those for when we get into it because we definitely will. Yeah, so much to talk about. Yeah, for me, this race was absolute perfection. It had a perfect combination of everything. The only thing maybe it was missing was rain, but I can't ask for too much. We had the Mercedes comeback, incredible overtaking. The hot radios just up and down the grid. Honestly, the whole weekend starting from quality on Friday, amazing. And then safety cars and just seeing all this contact and all the cars hitting each other, but then like actually not, a lot of them didn't DNF and just kept going. So real, real amazing to watch. I totally agree. I think this is one of the best races of the season. Like Chester just said, there were so many on-track wheel-to-wheel battles. I would love to see how many overtakes there were in this race because it was wild. Carlos said after that it was a testament to how much the racing has improved with the new cars. And George's win was just so heartwarming and fully deserved. But on top of that, the drama and pettiness was just unmatched, especially between teammates. It was absolutely wild. There were incidents between the Aston Martins and the Alpines during the sprint. Then during the race, 
Ocon mad at his team that he couldn't fight Alonso. Charles being super petulant when they wouldn't let him pass Carlos. And then, of course, the Red Bull drama, which we just will have to get into. Not even words for that. You can't make this stuff up. So we are excited to get into everything. It was like a drive to survive gold mine. I literally can't wait. <laughs> I am so curious where Netflix was this weekend. Whose garage? <laughs> who are they following? Did they have to change course? And I hope they had cameras on for the entire two hours after the race in Red yeah. garage. <laughs> I wonder the producers just when something like this happens, it's they must just literally be seeing dollar signs and viewership. <laughs> They're like, these drivers just do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of MVP, I definitely have to say George, but I'll also give a shout out to Carlos. For George, in the sprint with Max, they their racing was just incredible, and George was showing that he can just fight in wheel-to-wheel racing on a level with a world champion. And then at during the safety car restarts in the race, he did a great job of getting away from Lewis, also very hard to do keeping a seven-time world champion behind you on a safety car restart. And Carlos also amazing weekend. He was saying he will come out of the gates driving at this level at the start next year. So I'm excited to see that. I think he's showing towards the end of the season that he should not be relegated to the number two driver box at the start of next season. So happy for him. And he had to do a three-stop strategy because of a visor tear-off getting stuck in his brakes still drove from p7 to podium so i was very impressed with him as well yeah he was great i mean i hope he comes out of the gate like this next year and i hope the strategy and the team doesn't mess it up for him because yeah he's been performing super well for me i'm gonna say mercedes they're back i'm saying it i think that's okay you can say it now Yeah, they had such a great weekend overall, like great pace all weekend and just class acts in a sea of shining pettiness. So I am super happy for them. I think George's win was super deserved. He just drove well all weekend. He, like Sarah said, got away super well at the restart, held Lewis off in the final laps when, you know, he was he was not on fresher tires. So Super awesome and just great for Lewis too. Like he was, he got driver of the day. He drove all the way back after his collision with Max. And if he were maybe one of the other drivers, he probably would have gotten on the radio and said, you know, let me through, let me through. I need to win this season or whatever. Like I'm a seven time world champion, but he didn't because he was super happy for George. And yeah, I just thought they showcased really great teamwork this weekend and drove super well. So definitely top for me. Yeah, textbook weekend from them. And I think for me specifically, I'll say George because I've said this before throughout the season. He is like a heads down, no drama, get it done and get it done well kind of driver. And this weekend was the perfect example of of that. Like no radios from him, like no complaints. Everything was just executed to a T and it showed, definitely showed. All right, LVP, Tiggy. I mean – Duh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Max, I can't say anyone else. And uh, there are multiple reasons. It's not just the like pettiness with Checo and Red Bull. Like we'll get into all of that. But even if it was like redemption for something that happened earlier in the season, I'm sorry, grow up. But also like he got a five second penalty for hitting Hamilton. You know, the announcers were debating whose fault that was, but the stewards, it was Lewis's apex to take. Max collided. Like, I just feel like, 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. like his driving this weekend and I did not like his behavior. Neither one did it for yeah. me. So I was jaw on the floor when he had that when he had that radio at the end. I'm so disappointed. So definitely max for me too. I gotta say max three. Well, three <laughs> Dagger way. to the heart because Max is your favorite. Oh well, I don't I don't that was so bad. Um yeah, just absolutely shocking levels of it was not even just petty, it was spiteful, which yeah. is yeah. such a bad look because I will no, we'll save it for when we get it. We'll just we'll save it for when we get into it, but just <laughs> okay. not a good look. And I have to go for also a runner-up for Alonzo and Charles for less bad, but kind of similar, really spiteful, mean sarcastic comments that's like you guys are professionals being paid millions of dollars to do this so uh just bad behavior how about how our hot takes held up okay my hot takes guys i think i won the season of hot takes i had ferrari p3 and then mercedes on podium wow nice good job i'm excited all I wanted for my hot take, I said just a wild card on podium, anyone from not from the top t- three teams. That didn't happen, but I will say I think a KMAG poll <laughs> counts. <laughs> that that counts. Towards that effort. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, LOL that I said Checo would outperform Max this weekend. <laughs> Prophetic. Yeah, Wow. Uh, I also said Vettel in the top 10. He was looking great there for a while, but sadly finished P11. One more race for some points, fingers crossed. But yeah, I can't believe I said Checo would outperform Max. It was so close. (laughs) You had it. You had it. All right, we're going to jump right into the race recap this weekend because it was a sprint weekend, plus all this drama is just like headliner news. So we'll go right into it. So for FP1 and Quali, Reportedly, some of the drivers were late on Friday because they were stuck in such bad traffic around the track. Lando missed Thursday with food poisoning, but was able to race this weekend, so good for him, even not feeling well. He also had to race sick with tonsillitis earlier in the season, so it was like a double whammy. For FP1, we had Max, Checo, and Charles quite close at the top. And then Q1, Charles's weekend woes started very early, early here. He showed a lot of tire indecision with Ferrari. It was also damp, so drivers went on inters for part of Q1, but then it it dried up and people went back to slicks for the final flying lap. K-Mag was up there, definitely in the Q1 battle, so a little bit of foreshadowing. So we had cutting Mick in P20, Yuki, Botas, Joe, and Latifi, the usual suspects. In, in Q2, we had everyone on slicks, and we had Stroll, Danny, Vettel, Gasly, and Albon cut. And then for Q3, we had a classic Ferrari moment. Charles says, quote, am I the only car on inters? And they're like, yep, sorry. So he found out that everyone did a lap on slicks and said, beautiful, beep, beep, beautiful. So this is the exact same thing that Max said recently after a really bad pit stop, expletives and all. So I think the radios just keep escalating and getting hotter and hotter. Um, It was really strange that they would have sent Charles out on inters and Carlos out on slicks. Like either they think the team, it's supposed to rain or they don't. Like you have to just choose one of those strategies for both drivers. Yeah, and they said after the fact that they were splitting the strategies because they thought it was going to rain and so they wanted <laughs> at least one car on top either way. But it's like a really weird because if you think it was going to rain, then wouldn't you put both cars on inters? <laughs> they, they weren't certain enough. <laughs> but so strange. 
George then had a big trip through the gravel, got stuck, caused a red flag. There were still eight minutes left in the session at this point, and K-Mag had set the fastest lap. So as they were pulling in, we had this magnificent exchange. The engineer to K-Mag goes, you're P1, mate. K-Mag goes, you're kidding. Engineer goes, I'm not kidding. I'm going to buy everyone dinner tonight. K-Mag, you're kidding. You're kidding. I've never felt like this in my life. (laughs) It's so sweet. It then actually started raining during the red flag period, but after restarting, it was obvious that no one was going to be able to set a faster time on inners, and most cars just went into the garage again. So anyway, the videos of the Haas team were just amazing. K-Mag was crying. Gunther was making prayer hands to the cameras. Everybody was celebrating like the biggest yacht you have ever seen on (laughs) (laughs) as the Steiner ship. It was also Gene Haas's 70th birthday this weekend. So happy birthday, King. There was a present for you. So results, we had K-Mag, Max, George, then Lando, Carlos, Ocon, and then Alonso, Lewis, Checo, and Charles, who was never able to do a lap on Slicks. So rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) But it was it's awesome. It was so great to see someone else on pole. And even if it was, I don't want to call it a fluke because K-Mag still set the fastest lap. But like, even if it wasn't, you know, a clean quality, it was just still awesome for that to happen. I loved all the online content kind of saying, this is a reminder of how great this sport is. But you can have moments like this that are just so amazing that no one was expecting. And there are also so many funny things of how the only thing F1 fans can agree on is being happy for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's also so true. <laughs> Literally the only thing. For FP2 and the sprint, for FP2, Ocon topped the session. The Alpines were looking good. So funny how their weekend went from amazing FP2, disaster sprint, and then really good again on Sunday. <laughs> For the sprint, everyone started on softs except for Max and Latifi. <laughs> Interesting. They were on mediums. We had a Haas starting P1 and a Haas starting P20. Which... Nice little bookends. Bookends. Yeah. And two goats on the same strategy. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> the TV that post was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we looked at the TV and I was like, what is going on here? Like, why is Max not having any pace? And then they show the tires. <laughs> it's like, oh, guess who's on mediums? It's Max and who else? <laughs> Our favorite. <laughs> oh my god. Awesome. For the start of the race, for the first lap, Kevin K Mag was ahead of Max in a turn one, which is just he absolutely got a legendary. Legendary start. That start was amazing from him. <laughs> Yeah, we had our watch party. Everyone's just screaming and freaking out. It was amazing. K-Mag stayed ahead of Max for three laps, which that is a victory in and of itself. He stayed ahead of all the Ferraris and Red Bulls and Mercedes for three laps, which, again, not the whole race, but three laps is pretty good. Max and George were wheel-to-wheel into turn one, but Max held on. And the Alpines were wheel-to-wheel and touched on the first lap. And Alonso and Ocon really do not like each other. This was just (laughs) a really big example of the feud that has been escalating recently. Later in lap one, Alonso basically ran into the back of Ocon and then goes, I lost the front wing thanks to our friend. So he had to pit and dropped all the way to P20. Then after pitting and coming back out on track – He goes, he pushed me in turn four and then on the straight. Well done. The level this weekend of the sarcastic, like, 
well done, beautiful, thank you, good job. Yeah. <laughs> From all of these drivers, I was oh, it's so bad. So then Albon DNF'd and it was potentially caused by the debris. So he was a sad victim of this. Then later in the race, Alonso was behind Ocon and goes, quote, I mean, I nearly got killed in Jeddah in Budapest. So we move him out of the way. <laughs> Referencing the fact that they almost crashed many times this season, but accusing Ocon of being super reckless when that just wasn't the case is not cool. Otmar said after, Otmar was really harsh after. He said that, quote, both drivers have let the team down, and that he, quote, expects more from them tomorrow. And Alonso ended up getting a five-second penalty for running into Ocon for that incident on the straight. And then after the race, in another wild comment, said, quote, I just want to go to Abu Dhabi and test the green car. So that's my new goal now. <laughs> oh, my God. That sass level is just so ridiculous. It's like, ridiculous. It's, because- it's insane. Also, yeah. like, it's not like your problems aren't going to follow you there. Everyone, like, every therapist will tell you that anytime. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, you think you're going to, like, move and change your whole life. Like, your problems follow you. You got to work internally on your stuff, man. Come on. Yeah, you talented. <laughs> right. Also, if you can't get along with Ocon, how is he going to get along with Stroll when Stroll's dad runs the team? Exactly. Oh yeah. So to finish out the sprint on lap two, George was so close to Max, and it was really nice to see this good, clean battle Max passed K-Mag at the start of lap three. So that was really the start of all the Red Bulls, Mercedes, and Ferraris passing him. But there was really nothing that he could do in in a Haas. So it was impressive that he did hang on for at least two laps. So then on lap nine, Stroll ran Vettel off the road trying to defend. Then Seb had to literally plow and drive through the grass. So thankfully, he got it done, passed Stroll back a lap later. And then Stroll got a 10-second penalty for that dangerous move of forcing him off the track. On lap 12, George caught up again. There was some great defending from Max and then just awesome driving from George. There was a wheel-to-wheel battle for a whole three laps. It was so entertaining, albeit we were at the watch party too, so that was so entertaining. And then, so basically George looked really close. Max would barely keep him behind. And then there was a little bit of a struggle that Max had with his understeer. And finally on lap 15, George got it done um, at turn four. Oh, that moment. I... I was just so pleased. Like seeing anybody pass Max just like off of merit is amazing. So that was a great moment. Meanwhile, there was also a great Signs versus Lewis battle happening for P3. Signs was defending super hard on lap 19. It turned into a three-way fight with some contact. So Signs and Max touched while Signs passed Max for P2. Then Lewis and Max were wheeled to real wheel right behind him. Max had some front wing and plate damage, and Lewis cruised past him on the main straight. There was an amazing shot of the Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes also close, which was awesome racing. And then at the very end of the race, Max was P4, Checo was P5. Checo asked if Max could give him the position since he needed the points in his tight battle with Charles for P2 in the championship, but Red Bull declined that time to do team orders. Overall, Red Bull was not very happy with their day. Both drivers said the car wasn't great and that the tire degradation was bad. So not a great look for Red Bull on the sprint. Points finishers at the end. So the top eight score points. George, we had P1, then Carlos, Lewis, Max, Checo, Charles, Lando, and K-Mag. But shout out to Mick as well. He he was under the radar, but he drove from P20 to P12. So that was awesome. A little redemption arc for Mick. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mick was making his case. He saw K-Mag on pole and he was like, I need to <laughs> perform today. Yeah. For the race, Carlos had a five-place power unit grid penalty, so he dropped from P2 to P7, giving Mercedes a front row lockout. We're going to go a bit chronologically here since this was action-packed with multiple safety car restarts. So for lap one, Russell got away from Hamilton really well at the start. Max also kept Checo behind him. Sadly, Danny was way too overambitious and a few corners in tried to push on the inside of K-Mag and it clipped his right rear and then caused Kevin to spin out. And then as he spun out, the cars collided again. The DNF for both of them. There's a decently big impact in it. it. was Danny's fault. He has a three-place grid penalty for Abu Dhabi for causing a collision. It was nice to see him walk up to K-Mag right when they got out of the cars and K-Mag was super polite on the radio about it. So kudos to him when most drivers in the same position would have lost it after having it be their pole weekend and then having someone wreck them during the race. And K-Mag yeah. was super nice about it. Uh, he was also so calm on the radio. Like I was amazed hearing that. It was, it was, yeah, class act. Yeah, very impressive. This caused a full safety car with a nice and spicy safety car restart on lap seven. So George started on the main straight. He pulled away nicely. Max and Lewis went wheel to wheel at turn two, and Max tried to squeeze up the inside. They made contact. Both of them had damage and dropped down the order. Max was ahead going to turn one, but then Lewis pulled ahead going into turn two just seconds later. And afterwards on the radio, Max said he left me no space. And Lewis said that was not a racing incident. Max ended up getting a five-second penalty. Like he said earlier, it was interesting. The commentators were quite split on it. And the writers of the race also did a roundup where they all thought it was a racing incident where either driver could have avoided it. But obviously the stewards disagreed. Hamilton lost several places. Max had to pit for a new front wing and dropped to P17. The literal only bright spot of Red Bull's entire weekend was that they did a new front wing pit stop in 10 seconds, which might be a record, but <laughs> everything else was a disaster for them. Congratulations. Congratulations. There's your consolation. So only a few corners later, Charles was trying to pass Lando around the outside. They actually made contact too. Charles had a huge spin into the barriers. It was like a, we all thought it was going to be a DNF. It was a big contact, um, but then somehow Charles was able to get the car moving the engineer asked Charles if he was okay, and he just said, beep. He's a beep. <laughs> he pitted for a new front wing, and then he was dropped back into P18. But honestly, pretty miraculous for him to come back from that from that impact. Then on lap 18, Carlos had to pit unexpectedly because a visor tear-off got stuck, stuck in a brake duct, and he dropped to P11. Somehow this has happened to both Ferraris this season. I feel like shouldn't people stick the visor tear-offs to their pants or something? Yeah. <laughs> but... There's sort of no good options for where to put them, I guess. But yeah, his you could see Carlos brakes like smoking and we weren't sure that it was going to stop or cool down, but it eventually did. Around this point, there were a ton of pit stops as well. Everyone did either two or three stops this race, and a lot of them were sort of slow. It just wasn't a great pit stop day, so that was interesting to see. Checo was between the two Mercedes after some of the stops and did a great job defending against Lewis. They had a fun little battle, but Lewis got through on the main straight and got back to a Mercedes 1-2. Then Lewis had a moment on lap 50 when he got called into pit and was like, no, my tires are fine. Then was pulling out of the pit lane and said, why? What the hell? And Bono said it was to prevent an undercut, but it ended up being the right call on strategy 
for the tires, which is a good reminder, like the people on the pit wall have a lot more data than you do. So it was good that Lewis listened to them um, because it ended up definitely being the right call. Meanwhile, Charles and Max were fighting their way through the field and were both in the points. Lando Norris had an electrical failure on lap 52, double DNF for McLaren, tough day out there. Originally, it was just a VSC, but after a lot of funny footage of the marshals trying to push the car and failing, <laughs> it turned into a full safety car. It was lap 59 by the time the safety car was ending, and George goes, quote, so are we racing or securing the one-two, which is kind of funny how he said it because it makes sound like those are the only two options, like implying that if they race each other, either they would get past or wreck. And Mercedes <laughs> told him to race, but quote, be respectful. And I think Mercedes generally does a good job with team orders. Toto said later, which we'll see if they hold themselves to this in the future. But Toto said later in an interview that Mercedes as a team doesn't really believe in team orders. And the only time they will do it is if one driver is mathematically in is one driver still in contention for the championship, still fighting for it. And the other driver mathematically is not in contention, which I don't know if that's a hundred percent true of how it's always worked with Lewis and Botas, but we'll see if they stick to that going forward. Cause that's very different from, from how other teams view it. I like that. So at this, at this point, Alcon was PA, Alonso was P9 and Alcon's engineer told him to let Alonso through at the restart. Alcon goes, let me race, starts arguing on the radio, first of many. The engineer goes, Esteban, I don't want you fighting with Fernando. Is that understood? And then he goes, I need to pass Vettel. I won't fight Fernando. So basically, the engineer said he was okay as long as they didn't fight. It was while they were both up there to begin with, seeing they started the race, P16 and P17. So good for them for being up there. I guess not good for them for all of the fighting on the radio. Um, on the restart, George got away super well. Very impressive to pull away from Lewis like that. Checo was on mediums, and the Red Bull had just been so bad on the mediums all weekend, so he was toast. Checo and Sainz had a little bit of a battle. Checo did his best to defend. They almost touched, um, and Sainz said Perez didn't leave him enough space. But a few laps later, Sainz got by him at turn four, then Charles, and then Alonso got past him as well. It was devastating for me to watch that. Like He literally could not hold them off on his mediums. And then we had the first and less dramatic of our other team order incidents. So Charles and Ferrari, in the last few laps, Charles was in P4. He was several seconds behind signs, but in an attempt to get team orders to let him pass signs, he said, quote, think about the championship, guys. Then they were like, nah, whatever. And then on the last lap, they hadn't done anything yet. And he said, please think about the championship. Every single point matters. And the engineer responded thinking it's too risky Charles hit back with a biting good job, <laughs> which I literally hate. It was like he was trying – it was like a kid trying to rationalize getting something from his parents that was like completely unnecessary and ridiculous. Like he was seconds behind behind Carlos. And then after the race, Charles said, quote, we have these discussions prior to the race. That's why I asked about it. For some reason, we changed our mind on that. I don't know yet the reason. Hopefully, we will be quick enough in Abu Dhabi to get the second place. I'm just hoping – um, I just hope that we won't be lacking the second place by three points or something like that. So Oof. very salty. <laughs> I mean, I get why he wants the extra points for sure. But in that situation, it didn't make any sense. Like Carlos was multiple seconds ahead yeah. of him. Alonso was breathing down their necks. Like it that just didn't didn't make any sense. So, yeah, rough. 
But also, Carlos was on podium, which is also like this. Yeah. I feel like you don't take away. When, yeah, yeah, team orders when someone's in a podium position is just very different. Totally. But that leads us to drum roll, please. The Red Bull incident. So, what happened? On lap 67, Checo was in P6 and Max was in P7. Checo was on mediums and really struggling and getting passed by pretty much everyone at that point. Checo was ahead of Charles in the Drivers' Championship for P2, but only by five points. So Max's engineer told him to go get some points off Alonso and Charles, so he passed Checo and went at it. Checo was told that they would swap back on the last lap if that didn't happen. But he wasn't making any progress and on the last lap still hadn't gotten past Alonso for P5. So Max's engineer told him that if he didn't pass Alonso at turn 12 to give the place to Checo. And Checo's engineer said the same thing. Then turn 12 comes and goes. Max's engineer tells him to give the place back. Checo's engineer says the same thing. Then on the driver view, you just see empty space in front of Checo from Max going full steam ahead. And as Max is about to cross the line, his engineer is like, let Checo through. His engineer goes, what happened? And Max said, I told you already, you guys don't ask me that again. Or you guys don't ask that again to me. Okay, are we clear about that? I gave my reasons and I stand by it. Checo said, thank you for that, guys. And then Christian came on and said, I'm sorry. And Checo was quiet for a little and then says, it shows who he really is. Mic drop. (laughs) wild brutal just brutal and afterwards max was asked if something had happened earlier in the season that was his quote-unquote reason because it was kind of weird phrasing of what he said and he just said yes and the race and other outlets were reporting that supposedly the reason is checo's monaco crash because he said yeah he didn't say yes but also didn't say no when several media outlets specifically mentioned Monaco, which I guess has been kind of rumored or known in kind of the Red Bull inner circles this season. So as a refresher in Monaco, Checo was on provisional pole and had a weird crash that caused a red flag and prevented Max from being able to do his last flying lap. So Checo got pole and then won the race. And if you'll remember from the time, it's kind of a weird crash because it was in a strange spot and was totally unforced. And the race reported yesterday, which I'm just going to quote this because this is super interesting. Quote, there have been suggestions since Monaco that Perez crashed on purpose. Dutch media have even claimed that Perez has admitted within Red Bull that he did. Proving Perez crashed on purpose is almost impossible as the evidence is limited and the closest to a smoking gun is Perez going on throttle far earlier and more aggressively than normal when exiting the corner. There have been some famous intentional or arguably intentional crashes in F1 before, including Crashgate with Renault in 2008 and Schumacher and Villeneuve, Prost and Senna two years in a row, and then Hamilton and Rosberg. But it's definitely uncommon. Like, this would be a pretty wild thing to have happen. That's a huge accusation. I feel like that reaches a level of conspiracy theory to me. And like (laughs) (laughs) the fact that it's the Dutch media, and I think there was someone saying that Helmut Marko at some point had like, admitted to that but like Mm -hmm. helmet marco obviously we know how he feels about checo and like we know how that he feels about max like i i don't know again we can't prove either way but i just feel like that is quite an allegation to throw out (laughs) in an unsubstantiated way 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's just insane. And like, I think Checo was really helping Max. ESPN did a graphic of all the times last year that Checo did this or like was instrumental in helping him or taking points off Lewis. So it just goes to show, like, I don't think it shows who Checo really is. <laughs> if we're going to keep reusing this language. Um, so clearly Red Bull was in full damage control mode after the race. Both drivers said pretty mellow things to the press. Checo said, I'm obviously disappointed with what, with what happened today between Max and myself. I am sure if I need support in Abu Dhabi, it will be different. And going forward, we'll always put the team first. Max said, we've discussed internally as a team the matter between Checo and myself and have moved on as a team. If he needs the help and there is a chance to help in, in Abu Dhabi, then I will be there and I, I will, of course, support him. Yeah. Ugh. What, do we, what think? do we think? I mean, I think like regardless of if that rumor is true or not like that was races and races and months and months ago like it's so and max already won <laughs> yeah he's he's won both championships already he's broken the record for number of races number of points like all of it what does he have to lose in giving checo the points to secure p2 in the championship like i don't understand i think sarah the word you used is exactly right it's spiteful and, like, I don't care what the reasons are. It it just, after everything that Checo has done for him, I I think it's insane. He would not have been champion, champion last year if Checo had not done what he had done in his defense and all of it in Abu Dhabi. Like, I just, it's, it's really tough. Yeah, Tiggy, I, I totally agree. I don't have much else to add. Obviously, I'm Stan Checo always, but this thing with Max is just, like, unacceptable. Yeah, I was shocked it was wild it was so uncalled for and unacceptable and I totally agree with Tiggy that it's it's definitely the Monaco thing definitely seems like a conspiracy theory and no matter what happened if drivers always drove around holding on to a grudge from something that happened months ago instead of acting like professionals then yeah everyone would be ignoring orders left and right because this stuff just happens but it's so ridiculous when team orders is one thing when Either there's an open championship and people have points on the line for the championship or it's a podium or there's some other circumstance like that. But barring that, it's like you're in P6 and P7. Who cares? It was so childish, spiteful, revengeful, all those words. I was just – I was absolutely shocked. Maybe I'm in the market for a new driver. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't think we – Any ideas? (laughs) I have an idea. (laughs) I don't think we've ever seen as much action in our DMs and on our Discord as yesterday related to this incident. It was we were it was popping off. <laughs> like wow, people have thoughts on this and I echo all of them. So I also do you guys think their relationship can come back from this? One of my friends um texted me my coworker from last year's really end up F1 texted me like I think this is maybe crossing the Rubicon of Checo and Max's relationship. One thing that people have been saying, and I am curious, is like, it's why number two drivers in Red Bull don't maybe last as long. Like, everyone was laughing at Danny when he left, like Gasly, everyone. I mean, we'll see how long Checo lasts, but it's like, if a team is constantly going to defend Max, like, barring none, even when he acts like this, it's got to be so hard to stay in that seat. Like, And it's got to be really hard to come back from that. If you're getting proven time and time again that you matter less, like even when Max has nothing else to really fight for, it's just, 
I think that's really hard to come back from. But we have seen Checo and his character and his patience time and time again. So I feel like Checo will bounce back and do what's best for like the PR and all of that. But internally, it's got to be really hard. Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's any coming back from that. In brighter news, Mercedes was so happy with their one-two. George was so sweet, just profusely thanking the team. He said after he crossed the line that this was just the beginning. I think that's definitely true. We have a lot more to see from him. He was crying and so emotional the whole time, jumping for joy on the podium, like just hopping around. It was adorable. Lewis was also so classy and so happy for the team and, of course, for George. He was super classy about it not being him to get the first, probably only Mercedes win this season, and was just really happy. on the In the interview, he said, quote, you know how it is with Max, with a smile and a <laughs> laugh. And it was the perfect response, just above it all and kind of above the rest. Toto must have had the worst FOMO of his life. He was not there this weekend. He goes to almost every race, and this is the one that he missed. They FaceTimed him. Um, in the cool down room. Then they had like some post-race interviews with him, which the audio did not come through. So it was just Toto talking, but he looked really happy. And it turns (laughs) out it was really horrible to watch. And it turns out George had a water leak the second half of the race. And they decided not to tell him because they weren't sure if his car would be able to hang on, but he just like pulled it out of the bag anyways. So amazing. Yeah. That's a good call to not get in his head. I feel like, and say that. So that's yeah that was a smart decision (laughs) for the teams we haven't covered so far for Alpine like we said they had a disastrous Saturday complete with a lot of feuding but they pulled it together for Sunday and got Alonzo P5 and Ocon P8 basically seems like a done deal that they'll get P4 and constructors over McLaren with that McLaren double DNF Ocon had yet another stealthily really good drive Alonzo, of course, was petty but fast, so a good day for them. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Then we had Aston Martin. Vettel was up there for a lot of the race, but sadly finished P11 just behind Stroll after getting some bad safety car luck. Daniel Ricciardo made some comments about how Vettel had been super nice to him during his struggles this season and would call him and go out of his way for Danny, which is so nice. I cannot wait for some of our younger drivers to like go through the arc that Vettel has gone through. (laughs) Uh, For Alfa Romeo, Botas started P14, finished P9. Happy to see him in the points. He was running in P5 and P6 for some of this race, so... It's where we want to see him next year. Fingers crossed that Alfa Romeo can kind of get their reliability together. Joe finished P12, so outside the points, which is a bummer. For Williams, Albon finished P15 and Latifi P16. Albon had been looking great at times this weekend, so it was a bit disappointing. And then wrapping up final two teams here. So for Haas, Mick finished P13 after a great sprint. Gunther said he wants to make an announcement on the seat before Abu Dhabi, so we are waiting for that. It seems like it's leaning towards Nico Hulkenberg, but that Mick is not out of contention yet, so there is still a little bit of hope. His sprint performance was awesome. Hopefully that helped a bit, but a tough start that we saw in dry quality conditions this year. He's been two tenths off K-Mag, so it's been rough. We all saw what happened with K-Mag, unfortunately. Uh, during this race. And then finally, AlphaTauri, Yuki had a pit lane start for new power unit components and finished last and Gasly finished in P14. So not a good weekend for them. 
for radio of the week we had so many options to go here with with all of the crazy radios that we just talked about but we're gonna keep it light and say i need some tissues from george after his win it was just lovely (laughs) we all needed tissues it was so sweet tiggy especially (laughs) (laughs) i was so happy for him i was happy for you thank you (laughs) for our standing so for the drivers obviously max ahead in 429 checo and charles are tied at 290 Russell at 265, and Lewis at 240. For constructors, I will not go down the list, all of it, but I'll pull out some highlights. Red Bull ahead at 719. Then in second and third, Ferrari and Mercedes are pretty close with 524 for Ferrari and 505 for Mercedes. Alpine and McLaren also close. Alpine at 167, McLaren at 148, and then Alfa Romeo and Aston Martin are tied at 55 and 55. Well, I'm just going to go down the list. (laughs) (laughs) Haas and Alphatari are also really close, 37 and 35, and then Williams with with eight. And as a reminder for some of these teams that are a bit lower down the grid, it can still be – it's about 10 to $12 million if they can just move up one spot in constructors in prize money. So even for those teams like Alfa Romeo and down, this uh, last race is going to be really key for racing. So imagine think of they're going out next week thinking like, okay, there's – $10 million on the line here. It's a lot of money. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal personalized and with regular live music and events there's really no in-store experience like it if you can't make it to a store though just visit tecovas.com t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com they offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and they ship right to your door go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today we all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. So we're going to jump into an Abu Dhabi preview, which is already upon us for next weekend, the final race of the season. So a bit of track history here. This is a newer circuit. Construction started in 2007, was completed in 2009. It is also supposedly the most expensive circuit in history. It was built on man-made Yas Island and reportedly cost $1 billion. And it was reconfigured in 2021 to allow more overtaking 
It's got a marina area that some people think rivals Monte Carlo, and it actually has the Yas Viceroy Abu Dhabi Hotel right in the middle of the circuit. So the circuit actually passes underneath, which very cool. And for the circuit, it's 5.3 kilometers, 53 laps. Max has a lap record here from last year. There's two DRS zones with a speed trap. And like a lot of these modern street circuits, it is quite narrow and fast. So a lot of incidents. And if someone's in the wall, it uh, kind of really has to stop the race because, or will cause a big pileup because there's no way to avoid. For last race, to say that last year's race was exciting is about the understatement of the (laughs) century. We won't get into this too much because you all know what happened, but there was so much controversy after this race. Max ended up securing his maiden world championship win with Lewis finishing second after the race ended in what was basically just a one-lap sprint after a safety car super late in the race with Max on fresher tires and able to pass Lewis. Max was on pole here, but Hamilton jumped the lead early on. Max passed Hamilton on lap six and pushed him wide. There's no investigation, but this is just really the beginning of the back and forth with the stewards. And this was back when you could hear the team principal radio to the stewards was broadcast, (laughs) just like the radio between the drivers. And basically the entire race, both teams were yelling at the stewards. It was just wild (laughs) to watch. From lap 13 to lap 21 after Max pitted, Checo was in the lead. Checo, legend, was in the lead, held off Hamilton while Max made up his time. Um, So that was just another example of him really helping him out. That's the famous Checo is a legend quote. On lap 56, um, there was a safety car after Latifi crashed. The safety car was super long. It only left one lap of green flag racing remaining. So it was essentially a one-lap sprint. Max passed Hamilton and took the championship. Really epic wheel-to-wheel action. So that leads us to the lapped car issue. The race director, Michael Mossy, who was replaced after this incident, changed the procedure in the 11th hour. The way the rules read was, quote, any lapped cars must unlap themselves before a restart. So the way it normally works is when everyone's in order behind the safety car, the lap before the safety car goes in, the cars that have been lapped are allowed to pull out overtake the safety car and get themselves back in the proper order behind. But in this case, since the safety car took so long, it would have taken so long that by the time the safety car went in, the race would have been over. It just would have ended under the safety car. And Michael Massey's defense for this was apparently earlier in the season, Red Bull and Mercedes had both kind of said, we don't want such crazy season. We don't want races ending under a safety car. Like we want green flag racing. And so apparently Michael Massey took that as kind of cart blanche to go a bit rogue here and so he so that it could end under green flag racing he said only the cars between max and lewis could unlap themselves so those cars got out of the way but stroll and some other cars in the back didn't get to unlap themselves and so then it was just that one lap shootout instead of ending under the safety car and max was on fresher tires so it was just like game over from there and about the Checo point, the only reason why Max was able to be on fresher tires was because Checo had done that insane job defending. And because of that, Max was able to catch up and Lewis wasn't able to pit and sacrifice track position to Red Bull. And so it was only because of Checo that they had prevented Lewis from also being on fresh tires. So shout out to Checo. <sighs> and shout out yeah. to Checo, baby. Shout <laughs> out to Checo. And shout out to Max. Un- exactly. Michael Mossy. <laughs> Oi. 
So what type of racing can we expect? There is a super long 1.2 kilometer straight between turns five and six, which are both slow speed corners. This will be awesome for overtaking. So expect to see action there. A lot of teams are going to be looking to cinch their spots in constructors, as we mentioned. Ferrari, as we said, only 19 points ahead of Mercedes. Checo versus Charles for second. They're tied. Alpine, less than 20 points ahead of McLaren. So gets us to things we're watching for. The announcement on McSeat. We really want to see that announcement. It sounds like it may come before the race. Alfa Romeo versus Aston Martin. Haas versus Alfa Tauri and Constructors. Or the long shot, but still possible, Mercedes beating Ferrari for P2. Checo and Charles are tied, like we said. They both still want that P2. Red Bull has never had a 1-2 in the Drivers' Championship before, so will Max put aside his spitefulness if required? Will either team get into a team order situation? We shall see. We'll see continued Alonso and Esteban feuding, potentially. Lewis's last shot to get a win this season or else it becomes his only winless season in F1. And sadly, Vettel's last race, Danny Rick's last race, hopefully just for now. But lots to watch for in this last week. Okay, hot take. Sarah, what's your hot take? I'm going to go with Checo wins. I feel like Checo is so good at bouncing back from adversity and when he's been kind of done dirty. And so I want to see him just come out blazing next week and be like, I don't even need Max's help because I'm just going to win this on my own. So would love to see that in a little bit of a redemption moment. I also kind of foresee Ferrari fighting again about kind of the team order situation. Charles really wants P2 and Carlos is in really good form, was fast all weekend. So I wonder if we'll end up in kind of a similar, similar situation. They would have, they would have to like figure that out before the race. No, I mean, yeah, but I guess that was Charles's complaint. I guess apparently they had, and then during the race didn't do it. But I guess that, like we said, that was a different situation with, like, Carlos on podium, Alonso breathing down their necks. Like, for this, I feel like they have to go in with the mind of giving Charles the best shot possible. Yeah, agreed. We'll see. Yeah, I think every team needs to square it away, square all of their potential team order situations <laughs> away. Um, for me, my hot take is going to be that Max does let Checo ahead of him, whether that's P1 or P2 or P3. But I think Checo will be on podium for sure. And then we'll have another Mercedes on podium. And then I'll throw a wild card in there. And then Ferrari in the top five. Oh, wow. So you think Max will actually help Checo? I think so. Okay. I think he I think I he always probably see the best too. in people. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, it was too much of a scandal this weekend for him to do it twice. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be doing it willingly or like <laughs> excitedly. But I feel It'll like be a, yeah. after all the blowback and stuff. He has already come out and said that he'll be there if needed. So we'll see. I'm putting my full force behind a Lewis win. It's going to happen. I'm going to say Vettel top five for his final race. And I'm going to say Leclerc claims second in constructors. I'm going to say Leclerc beats Checo this race. So we'll see. Lots to lots to fight for still. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, We will catch you guys after Abu Dhabi and We'll have more content for you guys in the off season as well that we're super excited about. So keep staying tuned. 